Happiest Wednesday, everyone. Let's get to it. Thank you so much to uh, one of our Mr. and Mrs. Deacon teams, Anna and Stephen, for leading us tonight. Wasn't that beautiful? Wasn't that beautiful? Um, <clears throat> Second Amendment has always been a contested topic, but I think we can all agree something needs to be done about the style of weapons people have access to. Just because you change and or limit the type of weapon, type of gun someone has, does not mean you are taking away their Second Amendment right. Certainly think that's the fight uh, of my generation, uh, even more than climate change, which is as global as it gets. But there's certainly, I uh, hope in my lifetime, I see that change, Marty. That would, that would help. So many hearts, so much. Nashville, yet again. Uh, let's continue to pray, but let's learn what it means to pray with our legs when the time is right. Uh, we are in the Ten Commandments. Uh, we are two studies in. The first was an introductory study on just approaching the Old Testament law, what to look for, uh, where not to get caught up because we are in Christ on this side of the resurrection. We are on law number two. I, uh, uh, Renee LeMay is happy right now. You should see her, everyone. She's jumping up and down where she is. This is her favorite one. Uh, we'll get to it. Breakout questions, of course. Um, when we get to the end of this, you'll, you'll see a certain perspective. There's a reason why I make the journey all the way to uh, the New Testament on this issue of idolatry. Again, that's, that screen to your left in all white, uh, one way to think about the Ten Commandments is to think about them in ten words. Right. Once again, uh, first commandment, worship, second commandment, idolatry, third commandment, swearing, fourth commandment, Sabbath, fifth commandment, honor, sixth commandment, murder, seventh, cheating, eighth, stealing, ninth, lying, tenth, envy. I'm wondering why my voice feels so strange at this point in the day, because something happened today that didn't typically happen. Uh, that's what that is. Here we go. Second commandment, <clears throat> introduction. Boom, here we go. Sorry about that. Uh, kicked me out. Uh, second commandment, introduction. First thing you need to know about the second commandment is it is a safeguard to the first. Some of you have even asked, you've emailed me, what is the difference between the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. And the second commandment, uh, you should not make idols, essentially. Uh, the second commandment is a safeguard to the first. Number two, the second commandment, essentially we're talking about that which is exclusive worship, no other gods, and therefore proper worship. How many know there are certain things that should and should not ever go on in a worship service? Right? Idolatry has something to do with whether or not that boundary is crossed or not. Number three, the commandment is twofold, right? We're talking not making idols in the image of the Lord and the image of other gods. And we'll touch on both of those as we make our trek, right? The attempt to make an idol is an effort to domesticate God, to control God, to contain God. And God wanted God's people to know, right, these ten words that we're studying, right? What is about these first 10 words, these 10 commandments that God gave God's people that are still true today and that still would improve my relationship with God and our relationship with each other? Number four, because uh, this comes up, uh, the word image in the creation narrative, Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27, uh, you and I being made in God's image and likeness. That is not the same word for image in the second commandment. Uh, 
we'll get to it. But essentially, if you want to see God, you want to have any idea of what God looks like, the person on your screen, the person in front of you, the person you're looking at right now is as close as it gets. Number five, God solely determines how God is seen, revealed, known, and accessed. Right? Plenty of good, juicy stories in the Old Testament, in particular in 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Samuel, about the Ark of the Covenant, that being God's presence pre-temple, and how different people in their uh, uh, zeal, arrogance, ignorance, what have you, attempting to access the Ark of the Covenant didn't go too well for him, right? God can only be revealed. God can't be replicated. God cannot be representative, right? Only revealed. That's where we get off. First reader, second commandment that is supposed to say, Exodus chapter 20, reader please, online. Not you, Jackie, not you. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them and do not serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity to, on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Thank you, Tenobia. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, I have two pit bulls. Oh, I'll leave them alone. Never mind. Let me keep. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me stay right here. Uh, thank you so much. Right? Do not make an idol for yourself. Implication. Now, that's, that's for yourself in the plural. Right? Not just for yourself. That's, that's you plural. Core teaching. Here we go. God prohibits his people from making idols due to our impatience with God timing. That, Marlowe, is the issue with Aaron and the calf, right? Moses is on the mountain. Aaron, and his naivete, allows the people, Robin Jackson, to rush him because God and Moses, Dolores, taking too long. One of the biggest safeguards from the second commandment, Angie, is this. When you and I are slowed and paced and waiting for God to move, that's the best time to be on guard for making an idol. It's in that time in between time, that time I'm waiting on God and being of good courage, that an idol would love to take the space and place of the true and living God. If you've ever been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You haven't heard from God since the last time God spoke. You want to hear from God because there is something you want God to bring to pass in your life. Lisa, it's in that time you and I are most susceptible to creating an idol. B, uh, we elevate worthless idols to God's status. But we also substitute worthless idols for God. Second commandment, two-edged sword on, on so many fronts, uh, Frank and Paulette. It's, it's so two-way. Because again, I, I can't make an idol out of God, nor can I make an idol of another God. And it's, it's really where we probably get in the most trouble is trying to make the idol out of who we consider the true and living God. Right. So it, it's it's what watch for the elevation and the substitution. Two edged sword. Number three, uh, God is jealous and zealous. God, God does not like to be cheated on. For all the right reasons, that adoration, that devotion, that fellowship we have at God. God knows the very essence of that is what the relationship is built on. Yes, it's built on deliverance. That's why God 
reminds the children of Israel uh, all throughout where the Ten Commandments are stated and elaborated on, Exodus 20, throughout Deuteronomy, I, the Lord your God, am the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's where he started the Ten Commandments in self-identifying. I'm not Baal. I'm not Asherah. I'm not one of the Egyptian gods. Here's how you know it's me. And therefore, here's how you know what I want. Right. And a lifetime of loyalty is the motivation <clears throat> that is possible. Is possible to have a lifetime of loyalty. That's just one of the favorite scriptures, right? Showing faithful love to thousands of generations. It's just beautiful language right there in describing the God of the earth. That God wants to keep that covenant of love to what? Thousands of generations. Right? Here we go. Here is your breakout Alan Bridget. What is the difference, if any, between having a God and making an idol? Come off a of mute so your beautiful church family can see you as you go in your breakout rooms. What is the difference, if any? I'm curious. I, I, I want you to tell me. Between having a God, commandment one, and making an idol, commandment two. In person, everybody can come up front. It's wonderful to see a uh, different crowd. Have some fun with it. Take your time. What's the number, Mary? Wonderful. One presenter per person. Try to switch it up. Somebody who doesn't want to. Just don't let Jackie read and drive at the same time. Talks, good talks. I see your faces. It must have been good. Michael's got on his Wednesday hat. I see you, Mike. Let's go. Uh, I always forget to make sure you all know this, but I hope you know what room you were in. And there's no decimal points. You couldn't have been in 3.5, so that's not an option. Let's go room one. Break out room one. There were six, Mary? Okay. I, th this is... Okay. This is Tempia. Yes, it um, is. What's I, up, cuz? <laughs> how you doing, cuz? <laughs> um, we were in room one. And initially and overall, we believed that um, an idol and a little G God are basically the same. But if we had to separate the two, um, we believe that an idol is something that you love um, a God is something that you have expectations of and that you um, may want to honor. We may um, put different things under um, this idol as such as you idolize your children, you um, idolize your car and money and, and your job and so forth. So um, there are differences and it's the attention and what you expect to get out of it. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, one. Number two. Dolores, you're on mute. Let's go, Dolores. Tell her, Bridget. <laughs> anyway, there is no such thing as worshiping idols if you believe in the big G God. And we also said when you have idols, you're turning your focus from God. If you truly believe that there is a God, then you shouldn't have anything that you are worshiping, you know, such as, you know, cars and children and all that. Um, if, if you have a little G God, then it becomes your idol. So they're like one of the same. You know, there's no difference between a little, little G and an idol because the big G God, because the big G God said to worship only him, not idols. And then you don't worship things out of your own creation, thinking that it will get you what you want. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we create idols because we think 
well, if, if, if I create this thing and idolize it, then it becomes my God, you know, and that's not right. You shouldn't do that. Okay, that's all we had. That's it. Thank you much. Thank you much. Shout out to Breakout Room 2, 3. No, we're in Group 3. Uh, Let's go, Ray. <laughs> well, we agreed that the small G God and the idol is basically the same thing as you look at it, because if you create an idol, it becomes your God. And so it's no difference between the two, because you're going to worship that idol because that's something that you created within your mind. And so the small G and the idol is the same. I don't disagree. Just do me one favor. Slide the camera over so I can see Jill too. Make sure both of y'all in the frame. There it is. There it is. There it is right there. There it is. No, I, 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 that's, why I put, that's why I put the if any in the question to let you know it wasn't trickery. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there does not have to be an answer. They could be exactly the same. So thank you, three. Uh, four. Hello, this is Sheila Cooper. Yes, I'm the spokesperson for room four. Um, well, as stated earlier, I know we all seem to be going the same direction. Rooms one and two is already played, uh, stated. The idols and, and the little G they seem to be the same, there's no difference. Uh, if you make an idol, it can't turn into a little G, as, as, as previously stated. We also said that you could put false hope into the true God. And you're being disobedient to the first and second commandments. And lastly, making an idol can't control our thoughts. It can affect the way we live. We can, it makes us live ungodly. And that's what I have for uh, room four. So true. Thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lucky number five. Good, good evening, everyone. Um, how's everyone doing? He, he's, he's still, he never uh, loses well, We in group five, I'm waiting for a response and no, and no one has that mic. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Okay. It's not a <laughs> not Sunday thing out, with Michael. But... It is not just a Sunday thing. He's got it. <laughs> um, well, in group five, we discussed um, how people created the golden calf, but we create our golden calves. And um, it could be cars. Um, instead of a Chevy or a Ford, we're driving, some of us are driving a golden calf down the block. Or uh, shopping, we discussed shopping. Um, instead of going to Macy's, we're going to the Golden Calf Store. You know, they got a two-for-one deal at the Golden Calf Store. And, um, but uh, maturity and faith um, is, is very important not to, not to be too caught up in our, um, you know, our idols that we have. And, um, uh, we have to walk by faith and not by sight, as was mentioned in, in class. And um, also, when we do this, when, when we zone in on our interests, um, God is, 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 is a jealous God. And it states in uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy um, 4.24, for the Lord your God is consuming fire, a jealous God. So that... That really, that really puts things in, into perspective in one verse. So, but we, we all get caught up in our, in our interests and, and a lot of times it, uh, it consumes us, but maturity and faith will get us through. Yeah, when I preach that uh, golden calf text, I'll use some of that golden calf driving language you were just using. It'll be away, don't worry about it. It won't be here. I promise you. I'll give you full credit oh, it could for the be. first time. No, it's fine. No, it could be. Thank you, five. <laughs> Appreciate it. Six. Team six, that's George, is the yes, spokesperson is. this evening. We said that um, we can make a 
we can make a God out of anything that may not be visible. But an idol is an image which one makes a visible God. All these little Gs. God said a person may want to get married to have a child, so they make, make marriage an idol. And also ends up saying that there's really no difference between the two. Gotcha, gotcha. In person? talked about but uh we talked about how the having a god was with a lowercase g and not a capital g and that we can make a lowercase god because we're impatient waiting on the capital g god um we can have things like idols jobs and cars and stuff like that we know that we can't serve two masters because God said we would love one and hate, dislike the other one. But if you have a lowercase God and an idol, you can serve them both because one could be your car, the other one could be your job, and you spend all your time and energy trying to keep up those images so it takes you further away from the capital G God, and then you end up being miserable. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In person. Thank you much. Thank you much for clapping it up. All right, here we go. Uh, I appreciate it. Before you get past, yes. before you get started, can I digress for a second for last Wednesday? Uh, can you hear yes. me? Yes. Um, you said uh, the, the breakout question was, was it that what does it mean to have a God? Did yes. you ever did you ever distinguish was that a big G or little G? Uh, either. Okay. Either. Um, essentially, that's the answer. Uh, if I got time, I'll go back to the slide. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. Nope. All good. Uh, here we go. Need a reader for Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. Don't all come off. It happened again. Why is it doing this? Yeah, we can't see. We can't see the scripture. Yeah, can you flash that? That there it is. Somebody, anybody. The sec the second commandment is standing. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. He declared to you his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to follow and then wrote them on two stone tablets. And the Lord directed me at that time to teach you the decrees and laws you are to follow in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. You saw no form of any kind the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the fire. Therefore, Watch yourselves very carefully so that you do not become corrupt and make for yourselves an idol, an image of any shape, whether formed like a man or a woman, or like an animal or an earth, or any bird that flies in the air, or like any creature that moves along the ground or any fish in the waters below. And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping things that the Lord your God has appointed to you to all the nations under heaven. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sheila. I told you we'll definitely explore the, the relationship between the actual Ten Commandments given at here it's Mount Horeb in Deuteronomy. We know it as Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 20. But it's fascinating how over time, right, in Deuteronomy, Moses is on the banks of the Jordan elaborating on the commandments as they prepare to enter the promised land because now they got to go live with all the ites. Jebusites, Amorites, Shilites, have you seen her? They got to go live with all them. Here we go. Somebody read A for me. 
And then somebody read B. Somebody this is Tim Brown. I got it. A. The Hebrews saw no visible form when the Lord spoke to them out of the fire. Therefore, there was no visible form to make an idol out of. Making an idol is like playing with fire. Right. So if it's, if it's out of the fire, and if the imagery speaks to something, fire is great on one hand. It can illuminate. It can help you see better. On the other hand, somebody got a burn mark on their hand right now because of fire. So that's what it's like attempting to make an idol out of a God. When God spoke the Ten Commandments, God was not in visible form. That's the crux of idolatry. And this is the beginning of a theology of a word. Of course, coming full circle, word made flesh, John chapter 1. But that is everything. There was no visible form. Somebody take B for me. God's will was spoken through God's voice. God's voice becomes God's word. From heaven, he made you hear his voice to, to disciple you. On earth, he showed you his great fire, and you heard his words from out of the fire. Yep, this is further in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 36. But you see the theme here, right? All of chapter 4 flowing. The reason why you should never make the idol is because God never introduced God's self in a form. God introduced God's self in a voice, and from that voice came word. Anybody who's been journeying with God, anybody who walks by faith, and not by sight. There's a question we could spend the rest of the year on. How do I hear the voice of God? You could, you could spend a whole year in church on that topic throughout church history. There are people who say, I hear God at night, see God in visions, dreams. How do I know it's God? It's one thing. It will be voice word. There are some people who claim to have audibly have heard God, right? We know that you can't see God and live, right? Moses got that, but, but hearing God. I love that passage in John chapter 12 where uh, Jesus is glorified and the people around him say, no, that was thunder when they heard God speak, right? Because they didn't hear the same thing Christ heard. Voice becomes word. I can't make an idol because I never met God in form. Met God in voice. Next slide. Somebody take this one for me. Do not, this is Bridget, um, do not make gods of civil to reveal, reveal me. Do not make gods of gold for yourself. Make an earthen altar for me and sacrifices on and sacrifice on it your burnt offering and fellowship offering your flock your flocks and herds i will come to you and bless you in every place where i cause my name to be remembered if you make a stone altar for me do not build it out of cut stone if you use your chisel on it you will defile it Thank you. Fascinating passage here. We're back in Exodus 20. The Ten Commandments are given. Now God's giving Moses additional commandments. This is fascinating. Verse 24, make an earthen altar. This is God commanding this. However, e e even if it's no longer an idol, even if it's something holy like an altar, you still got to be careful how you handle it. Don't, don't chisel it or you'll defile it. What, do not build it out of cut stones. So whatever shape it comes in, leave it alone. If it cuts you, so be it. If it's got jagged edges, so be it. What you and I are never to do is to manipulate it because we'll defile it. It's fascinating. 
Forget going off to make the idol. Forget seeking to make the idol. I do think that's the difference between having the God and making the idol. Making the idol is much more imaginary than having the God because the God can already exist. And then you can show it devotion and loyalty. But to make an idol, you've put mental effort into that. Right? So A says, idol gods of gold and silver represent excessive wealth. Everybody, well, some people used to serve a god. That god's name was Lord and Taylor. Right? Mm-hmm. Tiffany's. Jordan's. Gucci, Prada, yada, yada, yada. But there's a specific reason do not make gods of silver, do not make gods of gold. That's specific. Because you were just slaves. Where'd you get the gold and silver? You, you were just working from sun up to sun down. Where did you get the gold and silver? Chances are you manipulated and maneuvered for it. You're scheming, you're plotting. Again, that's this context. If you get up and go to work every day, that's different. But be careful about the imagery of what gold and silver be. Idol gods of theology, this is so crucial, can become divine and mental images. New denominations, again, the, the, the commandment is twofold. Can't make idols of God, can't make idols of anything, right? Again, most of us probably tiptoe on the God side, Cynthia Watkins. The biggest example I can give you, new denominations, I don't think some people realize just how many denominations there are. Forget America. I'm talking worldwide. It's some stuff out there under Protestant. This is not Taoism and Buddhism and thisism and, and, and Putinism and all that. No, no, no. This is under the Christian umbrella. But what it is is people take a verse or two and make it John 3.16, and given how central it is to their theological understanding. But it is possible to take a quest for God and make it an idol. Because you asked the question, you sought the journey, you didn't like how this denomination did this, you didn't like how this denomination did that. It is possible for theology and theological, theological inquiry, theological conversation. I was in seminary with some people who I said, ain't no way you, you, you go to church because the average church person ain't nowhere near what you're talking about. You, you are on Pluto. It's just, just not what the average person is engaging theologically. Some people were there just to do theological gymnastics and they made idols out of it. Some professors too. You'd be surprised. Prophetic language about idols. When you survey the prophets, in particular, Jeremiah, right? Because that's when he warns them the most, hey, there's something coming to correct this idolatry of yours, right? Even in exile, leave the idols alone. Talking about idols that are described as disgusting, like dung. This is how God feels about the idol. Idols are detestable, like unclean animals. Idols are an abomination, like something that's just utterly unacceptable. Idols are deceptive, like worthless items. All of that language and more comes up in the prophetic literature because we know the people continue to go to the high places. People continue, the Israelites that is, to engage Primarily two idols in the Old Testament, right? Baal and everything that represents the elements, fire, wind, rain, right? Agriculture, banking on God to get you a crop. And then Asherah, Canaanite goddess of motherhood, fertility. Right? So that's how the prophets describe idols in summary. Next slide, please. Yes, I'm sorry. Idols 
No, no. I, I, I got you. I'll summarize it in just a second, everybody. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, Tracy is talking about Catholicism, and many persons have had issues with Catholicism upon reading Scripture and getting a healthy teaching of it because there are these saints, so all these people on the wall, and you can't pray to God through Jesus. You got to pray to Mary and then the sainthood. And that we got about five, ten more minutes. Hang with me. Uh, I mean, church history 101, that's where the split happens. Right. I mean, you you are you're selling indulgences to get people out of purgatory into heaven It's as bad as it gets. Yeah, she said that's when she had to work out the church. Your pastor's proud, especially if you put a finger up and did it nicely. And, you know, you didn't stomp out and all that. But there for some people. Even, even on the Protestant side, Episcopal is, is too close. Episcopalians, some Lutherans, right? Way, way too close to, wait a minute, are, are, is this what I heard in Jesus being high priest, mediator, intercessor? Going through him to get to God, for he is the highest revelation of God. Right? Um you got to be able to answer this question for the second commandment to truly understand that as a safeguard, right? What is an idol? Three parts. Uh, anything in the world that successfully competes with our love for God, that is not successfully overtakes. That's just successfully competes. That'll cause you to think a little bit, right? It, it, it's not what did I, I, I'll never forget it as long as I live. And my dad was the preacher. I felt bad. But I knew I had an issue. This is about, about 2010, 2011, when, when I would be thinking about my fantasy lineup as, as he was preaching. I, I said, this is a problem. I'm like, did I put Dwayne Wade in? Is he in the right position? It was, God convicted me as clear as I'm talking to you right now. Dude, you have a problem. The word of God is going forth, and you worried about Dirk Nowitzki. You got a problem. Number two, anything we come to rely on for some blessing or help or guidance in the place of wholehearted reliance on the true and living God, right? Faith, for, for me, faith's next best synonyms are rely and depend. Faith is a big word, right? You got faith and trust. Those are the words we use more often. Faith, trust, belief. If you want two words that are a little more descriptive, it's rely and depend, right? Rely means you got to do it over, re, again, right? Depend, it's got to be something stronger on you you're leaning on. So if I'm relying or depending on Oprah to help me through a difficult season, I've at least got to rethink something. It doesn't mean you've made an idol but you've got to watch the place in which you've elevated it. I wouldn't go as far as saying most Christians substitute God, because otherwise you wouldn't be on this here right now, right? You'd be out straight chilling, be like, I ain't going to church on a Wednesday, as nice as it is today. No, no. But elevating it, even if God's on the 10th floor, elevating it to the fourth floor, back down to the second floor, got a little rocky. It's on the eighth floor this time. Hasn't taken God's place, but flirting with it. C, my favorite one. Because we were meant and purposed to glorify God, when you get into the craving, the yearning, and the enjoying, it is the thing loved or the person loved more than God. Wanted more than God. Desired more than God. Treasured more than God. Here's the one. Enjoyed more than God. That is where most of us are, because to glorify God means to be satisfied and content and to enjoy God. That's why you can't be mumbling and grumbling and all that in ministry. Philippians chapter 2, then you'll sign 
like, like stars in the sky. You can't mumble and grumble and serve because you can't shine. It's, it's, it's enjoying. Now, that's why loving God above all other loves is the best language I've ever heard for it. Because we do have other loves. Life comes with joys. Life comes with enjoyments. But if I'm getting to the point where I'm enjoying that thing like it's nothing, and I'm just sitting in worship like, when will this dude be finished? Got to ask myself a couple questions. Here's where we'll end because the shooting, one of the reasons why the Lord led me to the Ten Commandments, again, why then, why now? What, what is it about these first ten words spoken from God to a people meant to live and love God and get along with each other to the point where people will see how we treat each other and say, I want in on that. That, that is the strategic plan. Right? John 13. Love one another. They'll see you and want in on it. Are we at the point, Portia, where there's been so much idolatry, it's turned into depravity? That is the question most of my mentors, most theologians are dealing with. Are we at a point of no return? Because you want to deal with the depravity. Uh, uh, Timothy calls it seared conscience. It's like walking through metal detectors, no beep. The, 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 there's no more beep. I'll leave Romans chapter 1 up to the last reader, and then we'll call it quits. Because coming full circle... It's Paul in Romans chapter 1 that describes the transition, if any, from idolatry to depravity. Romans chapter 1, somebody, that whole passage. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Stop right there, Faye. Remember, throughout Scripture in the Old Testament, the idol is described as worthless. Psalm 115, the idol can't hear, no hands, no feet, no eyes. God's whole point is, how can the idol help you? Especially if your back is up, is up against the wall like I found you in Egypt. What idol can get you out of Egypt and why didn't they do it before I did it? Why didn't the other gods get you out of Egypt before? Because they're worthless. Keep going. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator who is praised forever. Amen. Hold on, Faye. They are what do birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles? I'm trying to show you the transition from idolatry to depravity. Next line, sexual impurity. You see the jump made? It, it, it signals you can't stop the train. There is repentance, but what he's trying to tell you is at some point, now he's just talking about a Gentile society, but at large, it becomes so amok that there's only a faithful remnant, which leads to depravity because these people are in charge making decisions, running TikTok, you have it. They could care less what happens to the kids. The Tennessee politician poses with AR-15s and Christmas cards. No shock there. Keep going, Faye. They are filled with all unrighteousness, evil, greed, and wickedness. They are full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice. 
They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, senseless, unworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. It's that one about disobedience to parents that most of us are saying, ooh, really? I was there once. Let's not put that in there, Paul. Let's take that one out. Slow down, Paul. Slow down. Look, I mean, that, that is, this is where the theologians center the argument. Romans chapter 1. After you get past, for I am not ashamed, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that description, it, he's trying to tell you it has no end. They are filled with. Notice that's different than they are full of. He's trying to tell you a difference about a same reality. God-haters, inventors of evil. He's trying to tell you that idolatry's end manifestation is depravity. Any questions on Second Commandment? Sheila, does Charlotte approve? Does Charlotte approve? Did, did I do a good job for Charlotte? I'm, I'm kidding. Question. Who, uh, is that you, Faye? What you, yes. yes. I had a question. Uh, looking at what is an idol, uh, B, anything that we come to rely on for some blessing or help or guidance in the place of whole, wholehearted reliance on the true and living God. We kind of talked about that in our group that maybe there could be a, a distinction between, if, you, if there was a difference uh, between an idol and that small g, did you expect something from it? And that seems to uh, pretty much say the same thing. So true. So true. I'm, I'm coming out of my trust, reliance, and dependence on God because I need this other idol to do something for me. I have a need. <laughs> I've got a gap to fill. I've got a desire to fulfill. And typically, that's where we seek idols. There was someone else. Thank you, Faye. This is Renee Lomay. From the Bronx. <laughs> yes. I, I just want to make sure that I fully understand when you said it's uh, the second commandment is like a safeguard of the first. So where I've always had that con uh, confusion that, to me, they were the same thing. The first and the second are saying the same thing. This is just uh, reiterating the fact that God is trying to make it real clear to them that I am the only God. Is that true? Yes. And, and I, could, I could show you 10 scholars who would say, they don't believe that there's a true distinction between the first and the second, hence the breakout room question. I think there's enough of a distinction, uh, even if it's minor, to have one and two, even if you treat them as one A and one B. Because again, to make that idol, for you to in inventors of evil, this language in Romans uh, 1, uh, worship and served what has been created instead of the creator. I, hey, Steve Jobs. That bitten apple thing is not by accident. The person who makes the idol has another level of mental approach and imagination than someone who discovers that idol and gives it its devotion to, to make an idol. There's a whole lot that goes on in your mind. Whole lot that goes on in your mind to make an idol. You've got to wheel and deal in your own mind to make an idol. You've got to negotiate with yourself and, and not hear God's voice and hear the good angel, bad angel. I mean, there's a whole lot of negotiation that goes on for, for the people of faith to substitute or elevate that idol. 
She's, she's saying, uh, you know, anytime you create the idol, there's some you in that idol. And that's the difference between having the other God. You could have had nothing to do with the creation of that God. But when you make an idol, there's some you attempting to be in the idol until the rude awakening comes and we find ourselves on the Damascus Road. By the way, that could easily be D-E-M-A-S-K-U-S. Not Damascus, the place. Damascus, as in take the mask off. Hallelujah, somebody. Any other questions? Comments? You got it. Let's pray. God, for another day in which your word has blessed us to do some self-reflection in this Lenten season about the idols that come after our hearts, the idols that seek our devotion. Uh, there is a spirit in this world, but greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world gets us to chase idols to the lust of the eyes lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Bless your people, God, in these days and times to be witnesses to other Christians and non-Christians alike that the true and living God is the only one who can satisfy our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, media team, Mary Mary, Mike Lewis, Marlo, Anna. Thank you all. Of course, shout each other out before you go to sleep. See you Sunday. Last parable, mustard seed.